The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. So somebody, somebody came up to me the other day and they started telling me a story of um, how they found out if Peter St. Peter was actually buried under the Vatican. And it, it, it has all the workings of a great story. It's the Pope, but it's the Nazi Pope. And it's happening during the Second World War. All intrigue. They don't want anybody to know that they're digging underneath the Vatican's. Uh, the Vatican. It involves the archives and all kinds of great stuff. How do we know where St. Peter is? Because at the time, people were starting to say, St. Peter didn't even go to Rome. He didn't even go to Rome, and he wasn't crucified upside down. None of that stuff. You can't trust any of that stuff. So the Pope starts to look for the fisherman's tomb. That is the name of the book, True Story of the Vatican Secret Search. Uh, John O'Neill is the author, and he joins us now. Hi, John. How are you? Hi, Glenn. It's a great honor to be on your show. Thank you. So, John, I'm, I'm fascinated by this story. Um, in a nutshell, just tell the part of the story first about St. Peter and, and you know where he was supposedly buried and, and why they didn't know at the time where he was. Glenn, St. Peter was uh, executed by Nero around 65 AD. Nero, the Roman emperor, notorious bad guy had burned down the center of rome to build a huge new palace for himself and when people started to revolt he blamed the fire on the christians by legend saint peter was captured by dara and then crucified upside down since he didn't want to be crucified in the same manner as christ his body was thrown on a nearby hill where there was a dump and the name of that hill was vatican hill much later constantine showed up, uh, legalized Christianity around 310 A.D., and he built a great church, the first St. Peter's on that hill. He had to flatten the hill in order to do it, bearing everything underneath the the new church. Legend said that he built it directly over the grave of uh, Peter, but until these excavations, nothing new about it. In in uh, 1939, they began to bury the old pope under the Vatican, where he strangely wanted to be buried. And the workman who was digging fell suddenly down into a room, uh, about 30 feet into a room. It was a room of fabulous Roman murals and and statuary that no one had any idea was under the uh, Vatican. They looked a little further, found the tomb of a Christian woman from the early 2nd century. And that's when uh, Pius decided to pursue the legend that St. Peter was buried under St. Peter's. That was 1940. Okay, so, uh, so so it was it was it was legend, and it was also starting to be used against Christianity to discredit the Bible and everything else, and say that you know Saint Peter never even came here. All of that stuff is nonsense, and and quite honestly, some of the stuff that Constantine said was nonsense, uh, or at least you know just on the word of his mother. It wasn't scholarly at the time. Um, so, so w- w- the Pope was motivated to find the truth, uh, and why did he think that he would, uh, find it there? Or is that why he kept it secret, this hunt for St. Peter? Well, he kept it secret for a couple of reasons, I think. First, um, the, you know, Italy was ruled by the fascists and then by the Nazis. Had they actually discovered that this, search was in progress, they probably would have seized control of it. 
Second, he didn't want any false rumors, uh, either success or failure, to come out. So he insisted that all the excavations be done by hand. So you can imagine trying to excavate over a million uh, you know, square feet of fill by hand under this uh, huge structure overhead, immensely expensive. So they came here, amazingly, to Texas, secured financing from one of the wealthiest men in the world at the time. Who, who provided it anonymously under express agreement that his name would never be known, a man named George Strait, who gave away a great fortune anonymously, as the book relates. I have to tell and, you, I, uh, it, John, read, John, reading your book, I had no idea who this guy was, Strait. I've never heard of him. Uh, I never heard of his oil uh, strike. What was the name of that? The it was stri- the Great East Conroe Field. It was the third largest uh, oil field ever discovered in the United States. He owned, uh, he produced over 500 million barrels to his interest alone during World War II. He would be thrilled, Glenn. He gave away everything anonymously. He would be thrilled to know that neither you nor anybody else had ever heard of him, that there was no Wikipedia entry. He, he gave away many hundreds of millions of dollars, always under express condition that no one mentioned uh, his name, that no one know. He believed in the biblical passage that said you can either claim credit in this world or in the next world. After his death, things began to be named for him, like Strake uh, High School and uh, Strake um, Scout Camps all over the country. And But that was only after he died. Um, he doesn't even have a Wikipedia entry. Um, he, he believed strongly that the oil field was given to him by God to use the, the proceeds during his life to give them all away. Um, he set off, and the oil companies laughed at him. He couldn't get anyone to back him when he when he drilled this this great well. And he he said they didn't realize God was uh, on his shoulder. He was a wildcatter team of two, and he gave it all away, all away during his life. Yeah, he he drilled that first that first uh, hole with his last dollar. And I love the promise that you write about that he says to his wife, uh, you know, can we do that? And she said, only if we hit it, you never, ever question my shopping bills. And uh, that's exactly right. George was sort of parsimonious, except incredibly generous in giving the money away. His wife, Susan, said, look, uh, George, you can drill as long as you promise you'll never question anything else I buy. She became one of the most famous uh, shoppers in the world. I bet. Really. And, uh, they, they, of course, became close friends with Frank Sinatra, with many movie stars, all Susan's doing, as opposed to George. So, John, uh, I'm going to take a break. When we come back, I want to I want to take us now back to the Vatican and the part of the story where we have this woman who, at the time, oh, women are not women are not going to be doing this kind of work. A very important woman that nobody's ever heard of. And he the Pope reaches out into the Reichstag to grab a priest from the Reichstag and how they found St. Peter's tomb and know that it is him. So we're talking about the search for um, St. Peter underneath the Vatican, looking for his bones. During the Second World War, uh, Pope Pius uh, brings in a guy named Klaus. He's a priest. He was working in the Reichstag and not popular with uh, Hitler, believe it or not. It would be a, a kind of an unnerving place to be if you uh, weren't popular with Hitler. He was called back to Rome to help, but also another woman. Uh, it, her name is, is it Margarita Garducci? That's it, exactly, okay. uh, Glenn. She was, uh, she was like you. She was a person of great faith and great courage. 
she was a uh, diamond bit for the truth. After everything had gone sort of, they had found the monument that supposedly marked Peter's grave 60 feet below the Vatican, but not the actual relics of Peter. They brought her in. She was one of the greatest archaeological experts in the world. Um, she was an agnostic. Uh, they asked her just to take a look at what they had done. She told them they had done a terrible job. The Pope's solution was to fire everybody and put her in charge, which didn't go over very well with the Vatican uh, bureaucracy. I bet. She became deeply a Christian as a result of what she saw. She found the earliest Christian inscriptions really in the world. Um, done generally in code. Peter was a set of keys. Christ was a Cairo symbol. She found a wall within 16 inches of the plumb bob down from the top of the Vatican, and in that on the wall were 20 different prayers asking Peter to pray for various things, and she found the words, Peter is within, and Peter is near. She learned that there had been bones in the wall, and she got the bones, which had been placed in storage, turned them over to the best forensic anthropologist in the world. They were the bones of a 60- to 70-year-old man. He had been crucified upside down. His feet were cut off when they took him down from the cross. He was had been about 5'8". The bones had been buried in the soil under the monument the Christians had erected around 100 A.D., but moved into the wall about 250, uh, probably to save them from Roman desecration. They'd been wrapped in a purple uh, and gold cloth. After the forensic anthropologists looked at it, they concluded it was Peter, and the Pope declared it was Peter. No. And there is a great deal of other evidence that it's Peter in addition to that. But she she was uh, incredibly courageous. Uh, she went to the Pope and said, hey, these guys have done a terrible job. And uh, she had no political skill. But she was probably the greatest archaeological detective of the 20th so, century, but she, not only in solving this, but they, other they were looking for a room with a golden cross and a large bronze sarcophagus that apparently Constantine had buried. And they found they found this, and then there was nothing in it, right? And it was part of what was called the Book of the Popes? Well, yeah, there was uh, there were three different things telling us, or early things, that told us Peter had been buried on Vatican Hill under St. Peter's. One of them was the Book of the Popes, which described a grand uh, burial with gold crosses. Uh, it also said that Peter would be found directly under the, under the, yeah. the, the uh, in the center of the Vatican. It was right on the second thing and completely wrong on the first thing. There was no gold cross. There was no bronze sarcophagus. They were simply the, the relics of Peter himself. And just the, and this, the simple engravings that only she really uh, had picked up on uh, that said this is where he is. They, they were less than 400 yards from Nero's palace. If any of the people carving that into that wall had been caught, they would have been crucified or thrown to, to wild animals. Their families would have been enslaved, everything they own, and they would literally sit and engrave it on this wall. John, they had to engrave in code. It, thank you so much. The name of the book is The Fisherman's Tomb. The Fisherman's Tomb by John O'Neill. Uh, it's available everywhere. Pick it up. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network.